0: Morning, I'm Annika Colbert. It's Wednesday, December 29th. What we know about the El Cajon plane crash. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County public health officials reported more than 2,300 new COVID-19 cases on Tuesday and five additional deaths. On Tuesday, the County Health and Human Services Agency followed the CDC's changed guidance on quarantine. They now recommend that people who test positive for the virus but who are also asymptomatic isolate for just five days rather than the previous ten, and they should continue wearing a mask for another five days when around other people. The man who opened fire at the Chabad of Poway received a second life sentence in federal court on Tuesday. John Ernest admitted to killing Lori Gilbert Kay and injuring three others in the April 27, 2019 shooting. Kay's older sister, Ellen Edwards, spoke at the sentencing.
1: You killed because she was Jewish. Why?
0: I cannot even imagine what someone could have done to you to turn you into such a monster. Lori is no longer here, but her spirit lives on in the memories of those who loved her dearly. In September, Ernest was sentenced to life in prison in state court. He then pleaded guilty to 113 counts in federal court, including an arson fire at a mosque in Escondido. The federal judge sentenced him to life plus 30 years. Light rains fell in parts of San Diego County on Tuesday, but heavier rain is expected today through Thursday. A winter storm warning will be in effect from 1 a.m. this morning to 4 a.m. on Friday for the mountains. A flood watch is in effect in several mountain and valley areas across the county and will remain through Thursday afternoon. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
2: KPBS On Demand is supported by... Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at CandlewoodArtsFestival.org.
0: The National Transportation Safety Board is still investigating Monday night's plane crash near Gillespie Field in El Cajon. KPBS's M.G. Perez has more on what's known so far.
2: Oh, my God. This is the fiery aftermath of the plane crash along Pepper Drive. A destroyed Learjet in pieces, burning just feet away from homes.
3: When I looked over, I saw parts of the plane that were still on fire.
2: Caden Long and his father were among the first people to see the destruction in their East County neighborhood. They took cell phone video and pictures oh as they processed God. what was happening in front of them. Caden can still hear the terrifying sound.
3: If you were like... Too close to an airplane taking off or something, or landing. It was just very loud. The, the the frequency of the noise just shook the whole house, turned off the power. It was it was freaky.
2: In the daylight, you can see the mangled mess left behind. The corporate plane, registered to Medjet LLC of El Cajon, was headed to Gillespie Field, but crashed just after 7 p.m. Monday evening, killing four people aboard. No one on the ground was hurt. The plane left John Wayne Airport in Orange County a short time before. Now a team from the National Transportation Safety Board will investigate what went wrong. The flight path to Gillespie Field leads pilots around two small mountains and through a short valley onto the runway. The path runs basically parallel to Pepper Drive, where residents say they are used to the air traffic. So when I came out here, there were things exploding still. Randy Began lives in a house perched on the side of one of those small mountains. He was home with his daughter and grandchildren when they heard the terrifying sound. Oh, well, I knew it was a plane. Yeah, we knew it was a plane. Just by the sound of it and, and just, you know, and then there's not a lot of things that can make a fireball that size. Began describes the weather Monday evening as rainy with almost no visibility because of heavy fog. Here is air traffic control audio of the flight's final seconds. I can you
3: a little bit more?
2: No. Shortly after the loud noise, the audio stops as the plane disintegrated on the street. The San Diego County Medical Examiner will identify the victims killed. Meanwhile, emergency crews continue the cleanup and support for residents affected by this horrific tragedy on Pepper Drive.
0: And that was KPBS's M.G. Perez. Stay tuned to KPBS Online throughout the day for more updates on this developing story. Tuesday night was supposed to be a big night for college football in San Diego, but the holiday bowl between UCLA and North Carolina State was canceled. A statement from UCLA said it was due to COVID-19 protocols among their own players. News of the cancellation came just hours before the game was set to kick off. Dave and Mary DeHaas came from Orange County to see UCLA play.
2: I see all the work San Diego did. We looked in at the stadium last night. It's beautiful in there. It's so sad they did all that work uh, and now there's not going to be a game. sad
0: for San Diego. It's for their players, health and safety and so that's all that matters right now. This was going to be the first time the Holiday Bowl was played at Petco Park. The game was also canceled last year due to the pandemic. Meanwhile, before the game was canceled, there was still a Holiday Bowl parade. KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell has more. The parade was canceled last year due to COVID. This year, it continued as planned. Chairman of the parade, Marvin Hines, says the parade balloons are the highlight of the show. Every year, they make sure to have more balloons than the annual Macy's Thanksgiving parade.
2: The largest balloon parade in the country. We have 25 balloons scheduled. We have 11 bands. We have 30 to 35 specialty units of baton twirlers and military vehicles and things like that.
0: North Carolina State and UCLA's marching band also performed at the parade. This was before the news that the game had been canceled. Despite the wet and cold temperatures, the parade brought crowds of locals and tourists. And that was KPBS's Alexandra (music) Ronhell. With coronavirus case numbers soaring, rapid at-home COVID-19 tests are in high demand, and pharmacies can't keep them stocked. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne headed out to see what stores are experiencing. Last week, Palomar Medical
1: Supplies in Oceanside started getting daily calls asking for rapid COVID tests. Chris Valverde, who works at the store, tried to place an order to get some tests in stock. Problem is, tests are on back order.
3: We can't get them right now. They're in short supply because they're in high demand. Um, there's, they have estimated availabilities of January and December. But those are just estimated dates. They're not available dates as like as far as uh, we can get them right now if we were to order them.
1: This has some people turning to their community and Facebook groups, hoping to locate a rapid COVID test. KPBS heard from a few people who use social media to find neighbors willing to lend COVID tests. But those people were too sick to do interviews. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News.
0: Coming up, the holiday blues are a thing for a lot of people this time of year. KPBS spoke with a family therapist about why the holidays can be hard for many. We have more on that next, just after the break. Mental health has been a major issue for many people since the start of the pandemic, and the Christmas season can also be a stressful and difficult time, sometimes called the holiday blues. Jeanette Smith is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a senior specialist at Sharp Mesa Vista Outpatient and Sharp McDonald Center. She spoke with KPBS's Christina Kim on Midday Edition about why the holiday season can be hard on a lot of people
3: why exactly do so many people feel a sense of sadness during this time of year? What is it about the holidays?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. The holidays can be really bittersweet from people's overwhelming schedules to work deadlines to loss. And we have seen a lot of that in the last year. Gloomy days. We don't have many of those in San Diego, but Definitely, as of most recently, we've seen several gloomy days. Uh, People also suffer from a lack of time or in the case of the pandemic, sometimes too much time, Um, financial pressures, gift giving, losing the spirit of the holiday season, family gatherings. We know family gatherings can be really stressful because of family dynamics. But now you add in COVID and people are stressed about family gatherings because we don't know where people have been. So we're just really overwhelmed with those things recently.
3: What are signs that you might be experiencing these so-called holiday blues? How does it actually manifest in our bodies and the way we're thinking and the way that we're interacting with our family and friends?
1: It really shows up a little differently for everyone. I want to give that disclaimer first and foremost. We all feel things and the way they manifest in our Uh, Emotional space and physical space can look a little different. So I want people to be aware of that. But generally speaking, uh, these symptoms manifest with fatigue, we are a lot more tired than normal, or we can feel a little snappy or irritable, we can withdraw. You know, the way we withdraw looks different for everyone. Uh, Frustration, sadness, anxiety, just the general overwhelm. And then sometimes we can really lean too far in because we're trying to combat that overwhelm and that stress.
3: Right. I think in past years when there was less restrictions, people kind of did that more often, right? It was easy to keep busy, to just keep going from party to party, you know, shopping trip to shopping trip. That's less possible during the pandemic. You mentioned that we all maybe have a little more time on our hands. So how can people check in with themselves, address their feelings if they do bubble up? What's kind of a process they can do to do these type of personal check-ins?
1: Know thyself. I'm going to say that that is one of the biggest things that I tell people is really know and understand yourself and what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, and lean into that. Don't be afraid to feel the feelings of sadness. Don't be afraid to acknowledge it. And I think that's one of the biggest concerns for many of us is that we know what's happening, but we don't want to feel it. We want to stuff and push those feelings away. So lean in because the further you try to lean out, those feelings will really sort of chase you. If you are withdrawing from family or friends, or, you know, whether that's on Zoom or an actual maybe weekly dinner that you have with your circle, your cohort, if you will, under this pandemic, notice that and check in with yourself and try to combat all of the anxieties that you're having, not to necessarily make them go away or quote unquote better, but really just checking in with, is there, truth to this? Is there fact in this or is this my emotion getting the best of me?
3: You know, it can feel so isolating to not feel cheery. We all kind of want to perform for one another. So, you know, you're bringing up something. Let's not run away from feelings as they bubble up, but rather kind of embrace and manage them. So how can people communicate what's going on with them to their loved ones, to their friends, to their coworkers? And on the flip, how can people show up for their loved ones, if they are going through a hard time, what are some tips to help people? Checking in
1: with each other, I think, is is the, the best tip. Checking in with yourself, checking in with each other, not being afraid of that. I think if I can say something good that has come from this pandemic is the recognition of mental health and the need for good mental health, sound mental health. Over the last 12 months, 18 months, really, uh, we have seen an influx in people reaching out for supports for themselves as well as other people. So if you are feeling down, don't be afraid to say that. Tell your friends, your family, your loved ones, hey, I'm just really not in the mood today. I need a mental timeout. And it's okay to give that to yourself. You don't want to live in that space for too long. For the person wanting to check in on someone, Really taking a stance of not being afraid to ask the question, how are you? And when that person says, okay, dig a little deeper and say, well, what does that mean today? What do you need today? How can I support you today?
3: Do you have any recommendations, activities, or rituals, especially for folks who haven't been able to gather together or maybe spending a very different type of holiday this year, to help us create you know, a new type of holiday experience and holiday expectation?
1: Yeah. I do. (laughs) We rely really heavily, I think, on traditions. And we can absolutely make new traditions. And under this pandemic, maybe it's worth creating some new traditions, exploring new opportunities, options for us. I'm going to share a little bit of a personal story in that I had an exposure Um, over this Christmas break. And I was not able to engage with my family the way that I wanted to. And so I had a moment of sadness in that I sat and I wallowed a bit and I felt sorry for myself. And then after, you know, probably like two hours of me giving myself the space to just feel the frustration that I was feeling, I decided to get up. And I went out for a walk by myself with my mask on. And then I did some self-care and I did a facial and a hair mask and I did my nails and my toes and I listened to a whole book and I was really able to move myself out of that space. And the reason I share that is because we are going to have many of these moments over the next couple of weeks, especially as we tread into this new year and rates have increased. so. Creating a balanced dynamic for yourself, create new traditions, create various ways
0: that you can engage yourself as well as your family. Different doesn't mean bad. That was Shanette Smith, a licensed marriage and family therapist and a senior specialist at Sharp Mesa Vista Outpatient and Sharp McDonald Center. She was speaking with KPBS's Christina Kim on Midday Edition.